An organization's culture has been described as how closely its policies match its values. The question of culture and whether it's right or not has dogged U.S. Special Operations forces for some time now. That's following a series of lurid incidents. My next guest describes the Special Operations culture as decayed from within. Andrew Milburn is the former commander of the Marine Raider Regiment and Combined Special Operations Task Force Iraq, and he joins me now. Mr. Milburn, good to have you on. Good to be here. How are you this morning? And in War on the Rocks, you have written about this issue in some detail. What do you mean decayed from within? Because having been active duty, I know how we used to roll our eyes when some retired guy would come along and lay out descriptions. So I'm quite careful in my article, although I say, you know, it appears to be decayed from within. Um, I'm quite careful to say that, you know, this situation has accumulated over a period of time and that there are no silver bullets. So getting back to your point, what do I mean by decayed from within? I think when you look at the string of incidents that we've had in my article, I give a snapshot over a, uh, a period of, a, you know, maybe 18 months, um, one incident after another and not. And, you know, we're not talking about things like an elevated level of driving under the influence or, you know, what we in the Marine Corps call liberty incidents, you know, drunken brawls or stuff like that. We're talking things like rape, murder, child pornography, you know, certainly things that are beyond the pale. So, all of those together in their aggregate uh, certainly indicate, I think, you'd, you know, you, you would have to be willfully uh, blind to what's going on to say anything other than they indicate that something is seriously wrong with the culture. And, and when I say culture, I don't mean any particular component. Since writing that article, you know, I've had guys contact me, um, former colleagues, say, hey, look, this is really just the problem with the SEALs. It really doesn't apply to us, you know, Green Berets or us uh, Marines. But I've got to say it's, you know, I mean, you look at the incidents, they apply across the board. And again, the level of incidents themselves indicates that this is not something sure. that sim can simply be attributed to frequent deployments or, and, or, you know, accumulated combat stress. And how did things get to this point where these incidents are happening, These uh, where people are perpetrating criminal acts while on duty? That's a great question. I, I, I don't have an absolute answer for you. I think uh, because of the nature of the incidents themselves, what I've touched on in the article is that you can't simply blame these things on repeated deployments, as I've heard time and time again. You know, maybe, maybe you, could, uh, you could attribute lower level breaches of discipline, but not murder, not, not rape, child pornography. Those aren't things that pop up because someone has uh, had to deploy too many times. What they indicate, perhaps, is that we have let the wrong people into our community. You know, one other point, Tom, on this, the argument that this is simply a result of, of us being at war for 18 years. My father and, and his generation were Second World War veterans. And, you know, you think what those guys went through, regardless of service, regardless of nationality, you know, serving, regardless of theater. You know, my father's uh, from the UK. So for him, it's six years of war and, and really intense combat for a period of six years. And you think that that experience was replicated for millions and millions of, of young men around the world. And so to follow that argument that what we're seeing now is a result of sustained combat, then, you know, the 50s in, in Europe and the United States would have, uh, you would have thought just been a, just an anarchic time with all these guys running around with, with their uh, combat experiences and, uh, you know, having, having lost any uh, ethical foundation as a result. And of course, that, that wasn't the case. So the reason why I'm you know, emphasizing these points is I think it's a dangerous argument and it runs counter to our ethos as in the military, especially in the soft community, 
to to start excusing guys for this kind of behavior because we say, you know, hey, they, they've, they've been sent into combat one too many times. We're speaking with Andrew Milburn. He's the former commander of the Marine Raider Regiment and Combined Special Operations Task Force Iraq. To get back to some level of where this is not happening, I guess to improve the culture, you mentioned the people you let in or that are let into special operations to the SOF. How does that work? All of the, the special operations components pay a, a great deal of attention to their assessment and, and selection. However, one of the hardest parts to assess is, is the moral aspect, moral resilience, ethical behavior. Uh, you know, you can test mental resilience as far as mental toughness. You can, can certainly test physical uh, fitness, physical resilience. But exposing guys to ethical dilemmas during the assessment and selection and training, it does happen. But I think clearly, you know, across the board, and when I say we, I'm talking collectively, although I'm now retired, I still, you know, obviously I feel like I'm part of this, I'm part of this problem looking for a solution. I think we need to find a way to, to be able to test people's ethical boundaries um, during assessment and selection. No easy task. And what about the current the, commanders and leaders? What can they do right now, perhaps, to foster a better culture? I've got to say that uh, behind the scenes and not well publicized, they are they're working very hard to to try and fix things. And I, and uh, you know, I my background is a is obviously as you know as a marine, but I'd I'd like to applaud, for instance, um, Admiral Green at at NSW. I mean, look at the things that he has been trying to do within the or has been doing within the uh, within the SEAL community to to get things back on you know back on track. So again, I you know I'm 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 not for a moment pretending to be a, an expert from outside uh, advising commanders on things that hasn't that haven't occurred to them, but but the point here, Tom, is that it's once the culture has gone awry the the way it has, it is a really tough job to get it back on track, and that's why you know in my article I I say hey, there are no silver bullets, but here are some ground rules, and if you ignore them, you can guarantee failure. So, in other words, some part of this is simply adhering to the ground rules that exist now for proper conduct and, and deportment. No, I when it, by, uh, I mean, yes, certainly. But what I mean by ground rules are ground rules for changing a culture. And what I talk about in the article is that understanding who controls the kind of the, uh, the reins of power of that culture, who are the culture brokers within an organization and within the military, especially within the soft community. You know, those guys are... Um, uh, are typically the uh, you know the NCOs and senior NCOs guys with uh, ten or more years of experience under their their belt. Um, you, you know you've got to you've got to get them on side and and understand how they uh, you know they they have um, they have to participate in the process. They have to believe that fixing the culture benefits them. And by that I don't mean that these guys have have totally gone astray, but I'll give you, you know, by any means, and, and I, but, but I'll just give you a, a, a couple of examples. So, for instance, um, recently in Iraq, uh, well-publicized, a SEAL platoon was, was sent back to the United States for uh, drinking incidents um, that culminated in one case in an in a allegation of uh, sexual assault. Well, you know, I, and I'm speculating here, but, the, uh, but I've dealt with similar similar cases where, you know, we've caught guys drinking in theater and the senior NCO in charge would tell you, um, hey, look, hey, look, sir, you know, these guys, look, look what they go through, look what they, they have to do. Um, 
They just they just need a they need to blow off steam. Um, so what I'm saying is that there's no ill intent often, uh, but it's but but the point is that once you open the gates to breaking any sort of those regulations, then it's a slippery slope. And if you have guys within that organization um, who lack the you know the, the moral foundation that we like to think everyone does, then it's not just letting off steam. It's a you know it's a it's a it's a rapid decline to uh, to incidents such as we saw there, sexual sexual assault. Getting the the guys who control those those reins of power, the, the senior NCOs, on board is is going to be a key part. And and if you if you don't do that, then you've lost the culture. And so it's very very interesting. I I don't want to get into a uh, another discussion, for instance, about um you, you know the case with the seals with um. Uh, Chief Gallagher and, and the recent uh, war crimes uh, allegations and and uh, pardon, but behind the scenes on that, that is kind of what was going on. You know, it, it was a uh, you you had uh, seals trying to do the right thing, turn a guy in who was ostensibly uh, their leader, but who they felt was doing the wrong things, um, and so you know it was a struggle between those who. Uh, absolutely trying to control the culture in a positive way and someone who'd been setting a course the other way. Um, and uh, so, you know, that's, it's kind of just a uh, single example of, of uh, what I was talking about. Got it. And finally, do you feel that the cultural fall off and the incidents like this affect national security and the effectiveness militarily of special operations? Yes, certainly. I mean, you think um, at any given time, how many countries U.S. special operations are actually operating in. And, uh, you know, the, the year to year that that might vary between the 100 and, and 160. I mean, it is no exaggeration to say that they are very much at the pointy end of, of U.S. foreign policy and they have their, their actions for better or for worse have effects disproportionate to their size. And and so, yes, I mean, if you have guys who are um, off the rails and, and doing things, committing crimes, uh, absolutely, that's that uh, that threatens to undermine U.S. foreign policy. It's a it's a serious issue. And by the way, while we have you, maybe you could tell listeners how you come to be sounding from across the pond and yet are a august former member of the U.S. military establishment. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a. Uh, I mean, I am a first-generation immigrant. I was born in the UK, brought up there, uh, dual, dual citizenship because my mother, uh, my mother was American, but I had never been to the United States actually until I came to Paris Island, uh, which uh, some of your listeners may know is a is a recruit training center for the uh, for all Marines coming into the United States, on the, uh, or, or coming into the Marines on the East Coast, and not your not a place particularly you want to have your first introduction to a foreign country. All but right. yeah, I was I was recruited I was recruited from the UK. Good. Well, I guess they're glad uh, they got you. Andrew Milburn is the former commander of the Marine Raider Regiment and Combined Special Operations Task Force Iraq. Thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks very much, Tom, and, and uh, thank you to all of your listeners. Good we'll, morning to you. We'll post this interview along with a link to his article at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. 
As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.